Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to dominate your career, then you are in the right place. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker. And Monica Marquez, ex-Googler, diversity expert, and senior corporate leader. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Nikki Barua, your host for today's episode. Do you have a dream that you're not pursuing because of fear and self-doubt? Have you let other people's opinions drown out your own? What if you could move forward with certainty towards your dream and ignore those naysayers? Well, that's exactly what we'll discuss in this conversation with Kara Golden, founder and CEO of Hint and author of the best-selling book, Undaunted. Kara will inspire you to move past your fears and defy the doubters. As Kara says, it doesn't matter whether you feel confident. It matters what you actually do. Kara has received numerous accolades as the founder and CEO of Hint, best known for its award-winning Hint Water, the leading unsweetened flavored water. Kara was named EY Entrepreneur of the Year 2017 in Northern California, one of InStyle's 2019 Badass 50, Fast Company's Most Creative People in Business, WWD Beauty Inc.'s Feel Good Force, and Fortune's Most Powerful Women Entrepreneurs. The Huffington Post listed Kara as one of the six disruptors in business alongside Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg. Previously, Kara was VP of Shopping and E-Commerce at America Online, where she helped lead the growth of its shopping and e-commerce business to over a billion dollars in revenue. In this episode, Kara shares real stories about her own fears and doubts, the challenges she encountered, and what she did to overcome them to eventually build a great business and a life she loves. Visit imbeyondbarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Kara. Hi, Kara. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you. I've been counting down to this, so we're Yay. finally on. Yay. So good to see you too. <laughs> yeah. And first off, congratulations on the launch of your new book, Undaunted. Um, Thank you. Thank you incredible. so much. So it's uh, no small feat to run a big company and to have a big family and to write a book and to accomplish all of this stuff. So it's, uh, it's uh, really inspiring to see that because for me, when I read the book, uh, which I read cover to cover in one day on a weekday, it, was, um, it really spoke to me because of everything that your message is about um, is so relatable because of the way you shared the stories and everything that you've endured and overcome is truly inspirational for everyone. So Thank congratulations you. on that. And um, so let's just dive, you know, into your story of, you know, tell us your story of formation. Like how did you get to where you are? Walk yeah. us the lights. Yeah. So, um, so the book is called Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. And, you know, I, just first of all, I mean, I, I really wrote this book um, primarily because over the last few years, I was doing tons of, you know, airplane rides and and traveling, um, just building this company. Hint, and I would 
in, especially when I was out speaking, I would tell stories um, typically after people would kind of make judgments about me like, oh, well, you're fearless or, mm -hmm. you know, you always knew you could do it or, you know, you've like, you know, been really lucky. You've gone to like, you know, big Ivy League school or which I didn't, you know, like that. It, people would have these ideas about sort of where and who I was. And when I would speak to them about, um, you know, that this is not true at all, they were, they were like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And you still were able to kind of go and do the stuff and, and, you know, get, get something off the ground. So that, that was really the reason for writing the book. But um, one, probably the main uh, portion of the, of the book is focused on hint and, you know, the building of the company. And as you know, you've known me for a long time. I mean, yeah. you know, there's so many stories along the way in building a, um, you know, in building any company, right? Yeah. Um, but this was my first company. I'd been at large companies before. Some companies uh, like AOL before this were small and then large. But this was really my first kind of not only um, startup company, which mm -hmm. is, you know, many people think about, like, do I go start my own thing? Mm -hmm. Like, I never really stopped and said, I want to start my own company. I, for me, it was, it was, you know, I was kind of an accidental entrepreneur in that I, um, you know, started this because I wanted to solve a problem in my own life, which was health. And, mm -hmm. um, and so that's where, you know, Hint kind of came into place where I had an issue with and, and really an addiction to diet soda. And for me, diet soda never was something that there was anything wrong with it, that it was a, um, you know, it was diet after all. And then when I decided one day that I didn't really understand all the ingredients and I wanted to swap out the diet soda for plain water, um, I found plain water just really boring. And and that's when I sliced up fruit, fruit and threw it in my water. And I thought, why aren't more people doing this? So mm. I was always a curious person. Um, but, you know, I was curious, but also frustrated and maybe a little angry that I had been fooled into believing that, you know, stuff that I was putting into my body and drinking every single day was actually counter to what I really thought um, was health. So there's, there's definitely kind of the the why, and then there's the mission and sort of what I was after. But, you know, along the way, I, I, again, didn't have experience in the beverage industry, so truly didn't know what I was doing. I started, um, you know, trying a lot of different things. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, you know, didn't have any idea generally what I was doing. I still, to this day, don't, right? Like I'm, as I've gone along, but I, I'm not afraid to actually go try and, mm -hmm. and see what will happen and, um, and listen. And, you know, I'm, it, with it, I've, I, I also feel that, you know, it's inspired me to pay attention to things as well. And including when, you know, bad things happen, mm -hmm. I always, you know, will look at them as they can't last forever. Right, like the good stuff will right. will come along the way, and um, so that was really like the big reason why I wanted people, um, why I ultimately wrote the stories um, down finally because I thought I could actually help people get out of their 
you know, mm-hmm. rut or whatever you want it. There's situation right. that they want to change in some way if they do want to change it. And also, I think so many people glorify being, you know, an entrepreneur. And I think that, you know, as I've always said to people, um, not just in the beverage industry, but, you know, just overall, that being an entrepreneur is, um, I mean, it's really great if it goes well, right? There's moments where it's really tough. You can make a lot more money um, joining, you know, companies and, um, but it's harder to actually create change. I think in some of these large companies like you can do as an entrepreneur and, um, but it also takes a lot of, you know, it's not just about having a great product. It's about building a team. It's about raising money. It's about, you know, getting the word out. Um, and all of those factors along Mm -hmm. the way are really, really important. And you started, you founded Hint um, from such a personal place of wanting to um, have a healthy alternative, but also to, you know, create a platform that creates awareness for other people and and really creates change in, you know, adopting a healthier lifestyle. And yet you're this industry outsider, you know, you'd never been in the beverage industry and you didn't have experience with anything of the sort. Um, Tell us a bit about the doubts you might have faced and also the doubters um, that might have challenged your thinking at the time. What I found was actually the most interesting and the most useful thing was that if I would have had an industry industry experience, maybe if I didn't have doubts, if I, mm-hmm. you know, and that I probably wouldn't have been able to get as far as I did because instead, and again, there were plenty of people who sort of, you know, almost hung up the phone on me, but there were plenty of people who thought, you know, why does she have the courage to go and, you know, launch? Like, I want to hear more. Like, why she's starting a beverage company after she had been a vice president at AOL? Like, it Mm -hmm. just does not connect. And I, and so then when I would tell them my story about, you know, wanting to drink water and how I believed that if we could get people to enjoy water again, that we could actually change health. They were like, oh, like that's really interesting. I never really thought about it that way. And, mm-hmm. and so people would actually want to sign on to that and help me. And these were people, you know, who wanted, who typically had only been dealing with people with like, you know, beverage industry experience. And so I think like that was the thing that for me really helped me to kind of get more confidence was Mm -hmm. that it was okay to actually tell people that you don't know, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's like, which is counter, right? Like you grow up and you think like, well, I got I've got it. Yeah. Like I've got to be a manager. I've got to like know it all. Like I, you know, when in fact it's actually counter to what I thought, right? Mm -hmm. If you actually, you know, share with people that you don't understand something, um, you know, you might actually get further, right? Because they, they're much more willing to help and they know exactly how to help you out. And Right. But instead, when you say, oh, yeah, 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 I know it. Yeah. I know it. Then it's like, think about that situation. Yeah. How many times have you said, you know, oh, yeah, I know how to do it, you yeah. know? And then people are like, oh, well, if she knows, then I'm out, right? And right. so, and I think like this was a situation where I, I picked it up really quickly in the early days that I actually should be okay with Mm -hmm. learning. 
And, you know, and again, it was confusing because people are like, why would you go from this down to this? And you're carrying cases out of the back room at Whole Foods. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I know, isn't it so great? Like, it's like, you know, and they're like, you're, you're a little strange. I haven't quite figured you out yet, but you're yeah. kind of like trippy. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and then, you know, I would bring up things that they had also never really engaged, you know, in these right. kind of conversations too, because I think like that's the other thing is that sometimes if you come from a different experience, not only do you think about businesses differently, but mm -hmm. you also um, may ask different types of questions than they're used to hearing. So they sort of listen closer. They're not like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to work you know, at Pepsi and therefore X, Y, Z. They just don't really know what's going to come out of my mouth. I would just ask these like, you know, crazy questions along the way. And so anyway, I, th I think like that's the key thing, you know, that you actually gain more confidence when, mm -hmm. when you um, try to, uh, tr you know, don't try, I should say, to be the smartest one in the room. Yeah. Um, or the one that knows everything. Um, so you don't have to be a perfectionist who's, you know, trying to project an image of confidence and knowing it all instead, yeah. always. Well, yeah. And I mean, so much of the time too, people will say, oh, I can't go start that company because I don't know anything about it. Or they'll put up their own walls. Right. Mm -hmm. And instead of, you know, admitting that they have a curiosity about something and they mm -hmm. see a problem that needs solving mm -hmm. and that's why they're doing it because you know I think that most people if you actually owned the fact like oh I've actually done some other stuff and you know and I'm I'm a quick study on it but I but I've also like noticed this problem so mm -hmm. many people every day see like a consumer products you know problem that's out there or a service problem that mm -hmm. they wish was out there. And then they're like, Oh, I don't, I just don't know anything about that industry. Sure. And again, I'm not saying you go solve every single problem, but if you have a curiosity about it and you actually, you know, think like you could actually have an interesting solve. And in the case of hint where, I mean, my, my end game was, was a lot of what we're doing today, which is helping people to enjoy water and getting health back and mm -hmm. getting their health back as it did for me. So I thought that for me was just a very, um, you know, important and, um, and maybe like a longer goal, but one that I felt like if I could reach it eventually would be pretty awesome. That's amazing. But you've also uh, taken unconventional paths throughout and everything, right? And the way you not only getting into an industry that you were a newcomer to, but also in the way you built a business, the way you went about marketing it or building the brand or the culture, so much of it was so unconventional. What gave you certainty or confidence in following that path and saying, you know what? This is different. It's not how everybody does it, but I think I'm going to do it that way. Yeah. And like, again, I, I never felt like I had certainty. And, you know, even during COVID, I mean, when, you know, I'll never forget on March 13th, Friday the 13th, when we had to shut down our New York office and we were trying to figure out where we're going to shut down our San Francisco office. We have most people are, were remote all, already. And, sales mm -hmm. positions. But, you know, we had these two offices and, 
And I was flying back from New York on March 13th, and I stopped in some of our stores and Target and Whole Foods and a few others when I landed in San Francisco. And, um, you know, I'll never forget, you know, seeing the shelves but like bare in both of those locations on Friday night and that weekend making decisions that, you know, we need to help these people like stock the shelves and then also figure out a way to get product out of our warehouse because we knew we had tons of product. We weren't having like a manufacturing problem. It was really somewhere in like the distribution um, mm -hmm. that there was this hiccup and that the, you know, in, in stores like Target, for example, that the, um, the information that was coming from register sales wasn't actually making it to the ordering department for mm -hmm. ordering the stuff. And so, um, so we, you know, made a big, a big bet and, and went out to all of our um, stores and said, hey, you know, we'll send trucks in. Wow. Um, but it's a little bit different than what they're used to dealing with, especially the big guys where they're used to dealing with distributors coming in there. And we're, you know, we're really like, you know, going in and delivering the truck in. But with it, they really needed merchandising help because they just were not like ready for kind of this hoarding that was going on and also mm -hmm. this like you know, deluge of, of getting lots of stuff into the store at once. They just couldn't stock the shelves fast enough. And so with that, we said our, to our teams, and this is during a time on March 16th when, you know, lots of people's, you know, friends were being told just stay home. We were like, no, don't stay home. Like you're, you are an essential worker. You're going into stores. We're an essential product that's actually going to make the shelf for water. And so we need you guys working. We overnighted, we had luckily N95 masks from all the fires in California that were in our warehouse. And so we sent them out to our workers and gloves and everything. And, you know, still, I mean, we were nervous, right, about sending these people out. But I, I decided, like, I'm sending them into stores. We had a couple of our employees say to me, like, you know, I've been here a long time. Are, are you trying to kill me? Like sending me into, I mean, it was scary that week, right? And I, um, you know, I took on a route, like it, just like them. I said, listen, I'm going to be out there. I'm not going to sit in my, you know, house and watch you guys out there in the marketplace. I'm going to be, you know, limiting the number of stores that I'm going to, but I also want to make sure that you guys are limiting the number of stores and we're going to be as safe as possible. What I found is going into a store in the early morning hours or later at night is way better when there aren't. So bringing in strategies, but mm -hmm. also, you know, putting on my hint jacket and like going out and doing that kind of stuff. They saw like, she's crazy, but she's also <laughs> willing to be crazy with us right. and actually, and you know, see what was going on. And so I worked all the way through, um, in addition to editing my book and in addition <laughs> to doing everything else. I mean, I worked all the way through, I was in stores. In fact, friends would say to me, is it really bad? And these stores, because my friends were not doing what I was doing, you know, like yeah. they were like, is it, you know, I'm like, yeah, like go in before seven if you can. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, get in and get out. Like I would have all these like, you know, quick, you know, more strategies, <laughs> strategies, more strategies on how, how to deal with it along the way. But again, I think doing things like that, where I've always been a big believer, you know, that leaders should, you know, walk the walk, mm -hmm. right? 
And mm-hmm. so I, it's always frustrated me when I've seen leaders say like, oh, we're all going to go do this. And then they don't, they're not really doing that, right? They don't, they don't really, you know, you tell your e-commerce team like, well, you got to go do this. And like, mm-hmm. you don't really understand the SEO. You don't really right. understand all these different aspects of it. That's not the type of leader I've been. I, I hire people who are way better than me. At, and and back off, but I'm always the person who, when needed, mm-hmm. I will jump back in. When I can give a perspective on, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Mm-hmm. Is you know, I can pick up the phone and and you know, when Facebook's kicking us out of out of uh, you know, or, or kicking our ads off in certain places, I you know know some people at Facebook where I can reach out and say, what can we be doing better? Like be a resource in Mm -hmm. some way. Um, So again, I think like that's really this time during COVID has even shown, you know, myself that, and, and my team where, you know, I think that's what leaders do. Right. They don't just sit there in the background and, and they're, they're in it. Yeah, I think the the boldness and creativity and resourcefulness with which you've just approached problems and just dived in, trying different things to see what works and not being afraid to be in the trenches, um, it's phenomenal. Um, one of my favorite, yeah. You know, one of my favorite examples uh, from the book that uh, was just so fascinating was uh, you know, recognizing your own journey of how you were building this business, you know, breaking all the rules and doing things differently, but you were also growing your family at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the story about um, you know, how you were at Whole Foods trying to convince the store manager <laughs> to carry... You know, uh, you know, hint in the store on your way to a C-section. I mean, that one was just an unforgettable story. Yeah. So, um, that's hysterical. Reflecting on that, I mean, what advice would you give to women who may question, you know, their ability to sort of chase their dreams and ambitions and have a family and do it all, where they feel like, you know, I don't know if I can. And I think your story absolutely illustrates, you know, if you really want to, there's a way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel for families, but um, in particular, women who have families right now during COVID, because I think there's this extra layer that's been added, especially with education, if your kids are not yeah, back yeah. in, you know, like, which is incredibly, you know, I'm not going to lie, like, I'm, it, it's really hard, right? Mm-hmm. And, but I've always believed that, you know, there's definitely certain stages. I mean, I had four kids um, under six and was starting a company. Like it, it was always a little crazy. Like I'm, I'm, you know, people ask me like, how do you, how did you remain balanced? I'm like, I, I wasn't balanced and I didn't ever try to be balanced. There Mm -hmm. were really good days. You know, there were really bad days when your kid has croup, you know, and you're trying to like get on conference calls. It's like crazy, right? Like it's just, you know, you can't sit, just sit there. And there were some days that I just had to cancel things because I just yeah. couldn't do it. And I had help. I mean, I, it wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie about, you know, I was able to have some help and stuff for, for these people too, but um, these kids as well as, you know, my employees. But I feel like that, that the key thing really is making sure that you love what you're doing Mm. and that you feel like there's some kind of bigger purpose. And, you know, the one thing I can say is, um, 
my son who's 18, now I'll, I'll never forget when he's 12, he came to me and um, I think he saw Sheryl Sandberg on television talking about Lean In and it just like dawned on him and that, you know, what she was talking about was that CEOs are typically, women are not typically CEOs. And he asked me that question. He's like, mom, like I just, I just realized this and what, why do you think that is? And I thought, okay, where is he going with this conversation? <laughs> like he's 12, he's going to be a teenager. Like, you know, is he one of those guys that's like not going to, you know, be with me or whatever. And, um, he was like, I just don't understand. Cause I've been watching you for years, build this mm -hmm. company and, I don't know. It seems fine to me. Like, why is this such a question around gender? Mm. Shouldn't it be a question around like who can ultimately lead and who can, you know, come up with the best ideas and who can manage people and like run companies? Why is there this conversation? And, you know, he, he equated it also to um, his tennis teams at school and seeing that mm -hmm. there was like male teams versus females. He's like, I love playing tennis with females. Like, it's really fun. It's different. And it's like, great, but there's some really strong female athletes. And I was like, you know, this is, this is the world we're living in. And it's your, maybe it's your job to solve that problem. And what I realized is like, just by actually doing what I do every day, and also loving what I do every single day, mm -hmm. I'm actually setting up, you know, a, I'm a role model, not only as a mom, but also as a female executive. And my husband who works with me and is our chief operating officer, the same thing. I mean, he's actually just doing what he does every single day, but my kids watching us working together, which is also unconventional and not screaming at each other all day long is a, you know, it's unique and it kind of works and it's not going to work for everybody. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, you need to figure out what works for you too. And, mm -hmm. you know, before I started in, I also did something else kind of unconventional. I, I left AOL and uh, took two years off, which, you know, I used to hear like, oh, you can't take any time off. Like that's going to be like a gap in your resume. Yeah. And, you know, that to me is, you know, if you believe that, just like if you believe you, you know, can't get a job during this time where nobody's meeting face to face. Like you can't raise money during a time when, you know, you can't have live meetings, then you won't be able to, and mm -hmm. you won't be able to do anything. But if you don't actually go and try and see what happens and, you know, and again, it may be different than what you set out for something to be, but right. I think you just have to just go try. So, um, so often I think, you know, you can call it fake news or, or whatever, but I think some, sometimes we hear these things and we sort of want to believe, right? Mm -hmm. That's like, you know, having kids is just really like not conducive with like working and, mm -hmm. but instead like look at the good things too. Right. And also like, I, I also like think about the other side of it too. I, I have friends of mine that don't, have kids and don't ever want to have kids. And mm -hmm. they see me and they think like, oh, she's got four kids, you know, like she won't understand. Like, and I'm like, no, I, I actually do. And I don't judge. I, I'm, I actually think it's real. I think it's a really interesting conversation. It's not what I chose to do, but I think that that's, you know, that's also something that, you know, people shouldn't be so like, I, they, they shouldn't have this picture that they paint that this is the right. way that it should be. 
right? right. Is what I'm trying to say, like, I think it should just be everybody needs to chill out a little bit and let people live the lives that they want to le- live. Yeah. And um, I think it's an important piece. Do you want to grow your impact as a change agent who ignites transformation in others, but you don't have a proven step-by-step method? Do you want to grow your visibility and influence as a thought leader to inspire others, but you don't know where to begin? The Beyond Barriers High Performance Executive Coach Certification is designed for experienced leaders who want to grow their impact and influence. Join this exclusive community of high achievers, advance your career as a leader, and experience the joy of helping others grow. Go to imbeyondbarriers.com and register for the webinar to learn more. You know, in what you described, Kara, one of the things that um, really stands out is um, a level of absolute um, authenticity and belief belief in living life your way. But um, oftentimes, you know, people get caught up in what will other people say, right? The element of shame or judgment or criticism from someone else, you know, whether it's your story of taking two years off after an executive role in a big company or um, starting um, a company you know, with your, um, you know, with a growing family and then stocking shelves, doing all kinds of things. I mean, you've done things that most people that have been in corporate America, had executive roles, would feel like, oh, that's beneath me. I could no longer do that. I couldn't ha- not have a corner office. I couldn't be loading up the Jeep and, you know, uh, taking water delivery somewhere. How how can someone reconcile that idea of judgment and criticism and shame that they feel within? Because it's ultimately how you figure it out for yourself. Because people will, totally. first of all, people don't spend that much time thinking about anyone else anyway, but it's, it's what we believe is happening. So it holds us back. You know, what advice would you get about that? Yeah. So there's, there's a chapter in the book where I talk about you know, some of the fears I have, and while they might not be everyone's fears, but like, you know, for me, height, the, the fear of heights is a real, you know, thing. And so I think, you know, if it's, it, it, whether it's a fear of heights or a fear of, you know, looking like somebody who is lower than you or, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to, you know, talk about it, like getting cases, cases in the back room and pulling them out. If that's like beneath you or whatever, Mm -hmm. like just go try some of those things, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes. And actually, you know, understand just by doing and understand Mm -hmm. just by trying if they were different than sort of how you thought about things. Because Mm -hmm. I think that that's, you know, that's one of my investors, um, just as an example, hasn't worked in a few years. And he was out in the Hamptons this summer and he saw somebody uh, who worked for Hint and who was setting up a um, display in one of the stores. And he said, he, he called me and he said, you know, I got to tell you, I had so much fun this afternoon. I was in the store and, um, you know, I was grocery shopping. I hadn't sort of gotten my cart yet. And I saw one of your team members setting up and he was carrying these heavy cases. And I said, hey, I, I'm a Hint investor. Can, can I help you? I set up this display. And he said, no, 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 you don't, you don't have to. But I said, no, I, I really want to. Like, I, I, you know, you look like you're, you know, like it's a lot of work and I'd really like to help you. And he, he said, so for the next hour, 
I asked him how he thought about these displays and what he was trying to make. And like, you know, he's got a whole creative idea and he showed me the map and everything. And it was like, and he said, Kara, it was really fun. Like he said, I've never done that before. And, you know, this is somebody who never had any experience. And he said, I just really enjoyed, you know, getting to know one of your team members a little bit too. And I, I think he was somewhat horrified that I was like sitting here and doing what I was doing. He was like, said to me a million times, you don't have to do this, but I just wanted you to know in case he reached out to you how much I really enjoyed doing mm-hmm. that. And again, all he did was try. Nobody mm-hmm. asked him to do it. He just said, you know, just because it was different. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes you need to just go try something a little different, whether it's, you know, setting up a case and, you know, in a store, a case stack in a store and a display mm-hmm. or, or ultimately, you know, going out and, and hiking the Grand Canyon because you learn a lot of things about yourself. And, you know, sometimes those things are really hard, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, and you also, during that time, uh, in, in the book where in the Grand Canyon, I, I'm also reminding myself about times when I've been able to get through things, you know, that I didn't know whether or not I was going to be able to get through. Mm-hmm. And so during that time when you're actually trying so hard to get through something that's really, really hard, that's what I find too, is that if you actually sit there and, and once you do it a few times, you just automatically, I, you know, almost talk to myself about like, okay. I got this. Like I, mm-hmm. I've been through boom, 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 you know, I can go right. and do this. And, and I think that that's what it takes. It's almost like a, you know, it's, it's a pattern that you have to start setting up for yourself instead of saying like, Oh, I need to quit instead right. figure out what are those things that you've done well. And that gives you strength to know that you can move it forward. I love that. Um, now, you are responsible for leading a very large business today, and um, you know, it's, it's been an incredible journey. What are some of the most important things you've learned and live by as a leader you know, that also contributes to managing at scale? I think, I think um, kindness, for, mm-hmm. first of all, is like you know, something that is not tolerated. Um, especially in our company and, you know, and that everybody's human and everybody has a right, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, when you step into Hint and, you know, as, um, you know, as an employee or even a freelancer, um, Mm -hmm. like you are treated with respect and you're treated with um, kindness and no matter what your level is. Um, I also believe that ideas can come from anywhere. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to have a certain title. Um, You don't even have to be, you know, we have creative ideas that come out of our finance team, right? And they're allowed to sort of speak um, when they feel like there's something because you just never know, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that that's an important aspect. I also believe that, um, that contributors are just as important as leaders. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that, I tend to want to lead, um, but I won't be able to lead if I don't have people that are interested in in joining and contributing, Mm. Um, right? And I think that that's an important piece of it. And I I would say that those are probably the three things that are, you know, kind of consistently, I I think about 
you know, and just evaluating not only how we're doing, but also mm-hmm. happiness and how people are feeling. Um, because I think, you know, sometimes if you go out of your way and I see companies do, do this a lot, actually, where, um, and even media will do this where they'll be like, oh, you know, you got to be a leader. You know, you got to be an entrepreneur. And if you're not X, then you yeah. are nothing, right? right? And that's not fair, right? right. Like that's, that's not, you know, that, and, and also, you know, I say consistently, I'm an entrepreneur now and I'm a leader now, but it's not to say that I won't join a big company at some point or, you know, be a contributor Mm-hmm. Um, if I like, and I think that that's just a really, really important aspect. That is so inspiring because it really speaks to what culture you've built and, you know, how you lead that um, brings all the right people in because that, those values are reflected even in how we as consumers experience Hint. You know, totally. it truly really is something you've democratized in terms of not being about a consumer goods company, but really being a movement that people can relate to and be part of. Totally. Yep. So um, let's talk about, um, you know, when building a brand, you've built an incredible brand um, and you also have a powerful personal brand. Um, you are inspiring to, you know, so many people around the world. You've talked about the importance of women being visible um, and, you know, being seen as role models. Um, There's so many talented people out there that are doing incredible things, whether they're executives in corporations or they are entrepreneurs, but they're not as visible or equate it to being about chasing fame. Give us some, you know, tangible ways um, in which someone can build their presence and why that matters. So I think in many ways it's easier today um, to, you know, build a presence, especially, you know, even during this time of, you know, COVID where a lot of people are online a lot more. And I think that, you know, something as simple as, you know, even writing on LinkedIn about mm-hmm. you know, your thoughts or medium or, you know, like I, I think that there's there's ways to sort of share who you are and, you know, Mm -hmm. things that you care about, things that you're curious about. And that is leading, right? Like Mm -hmm. being authentic and being, um, and also leading, um, you know, conversations around topics. I think that you don't have to show up at a conference in order to do that. It used to be that that was where you would, you know, meet people or be heard, or you'd have to be on a panel or be a speaker. And while you can do that on, you know, Zoom or, you know, there's different conferences online. I I don't think it just limits. um, You shouldn't feel like you're just limited to that because I really do believe that there's so many opportunities to kind of get your voice out there and really put a stake in the ground around, you know, no, around being able to speak to those things as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And reach out to, to the, to people as well. Like, I think that that's, you know, you touched on mentorship too. Mm -hmm. Like I think, you know, the number of people, um, I was talking to a gentleman yesterday about this, um, that I think the number, there's just so many ways you have to find out where people are. Like, you know, you're on LinkedIn a lot, right? Like if, 
again, you have to articulate and you can't just like say, hey, can we have a meeting? But like asking people specific questions that probably are not going to you know, mm-hmm. take your, a whole lot of time from you, but are something that you could just answer really quickly. I, right. You'd be amazed at how many you know, leaders in, in their specific area would actually show up and answer those questions. Bottom line, follow your curiosity, keep learning, you know, live by your own rules and don't be afraid to ask for help and be humble throughout the process. So totally. um, Carrie, you've given us so much wisdom and inspiration in this um, conversation. Leave us with one final thought about, you know, what you hope uh, readers get out of, you know, Undaunted and then also what your biggest hope is looking forward. Yeah, I I would say that the biggest piece is um, my book. It's right back here. Um, Where did my book go after all that? Somewhere here. (laughs) It just, uh, ah, hold on one second. Uh, Yeah, here's the the book right there. Um, In case we're we're on video here. But the, um, I would say that the biggest piece is don't be, don't think that you're alone, right? In terms of having fears and having doubts and instead just go and try and, uh, and be okay with knowing that lots of people fail and, um, and the chances of you failing maybe aren't as high as you really think that they are. And, and you just have to keep discovering and trying and going and doing. And that's the way to ultimately make something happen. I love it. Uh, The book really spoke to me and I absolutely love love every page of it. So thank you so much for being on the show. And to everyone listening, go get the book because if you have a dream in your heart, then this is the book you need in your hand and uh, you are going to get so much from it. And Kara, thank you again for um, everything you're doing in terms of making the world a better place by how you show up authentically and continue to contribute and give so much to everyone. It's been an Thank you life. so much. Well, this is lots of fun. And I'm on uh, all social channels at Kara Golden. And um, definitely uh, the book is at undauntedthebook.com uh, as well as on Amazon too. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit imbeyondbarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all resources for each show, including the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.